You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our latest look at the Chicago White Sox. I'm joined by Scott Merkin here at the winter meetings. And Merck, we knew going in the White Sox could make some noise here. The rebuilding process could begin, and it began uh, with a big blast here uh, on Tuesday at the winter meetings with Chris Sale trade to the, uh, to the Boston Red Sox. White Sox get back Yohan Moncada, Michael Kopech, Luis Alexander Basabi, and Victor Diaz. Uh, look, again, we knew this could come together. Um, it was just a matter of would the right package present itself. The Red Sox were, I won't, I won't say a, a totally mystery team, but they were certainly a team that, that kind of swooped in late here. Can you tell us uh, about how this deal came together? I had heard a little bit of the Red Sox over the weekend, and I had talked to some Sox people, and they said legitimately at that point it really wasn't a, a big thing. And Dave Dombrowski said today in one of the press conferences that Friday was when Rick had kind of approached him and engaged him and said, you know, we're going to trade Chris Sale, wanted to see if you're interested. And, you know, Dave Dombrowski's credit, you don't pass on Chris Sale. I, I get the commodity, and you understand, too, the commodity that young prospects have in this day, probably more than any other time that I can remember in baseball, which probably topped last year when it had the same high commodity. But, you know, you got to give someone up to get something back. And in Chris Sale, you get, I would say, the best pitcher in the American League and maybe the best pitcher not named Clayton Kershaw. In, in baseball, you know, he, I mean, Max Scherzer's in there too, but I mean, he's he's ace, ace stuff, ace competitor, good kid in the clubhouse, good kid in the community. He'll fit in great in Boston, and in return, the Sox began, as you said, make some noise. It was kind of a sonic boom with their, you know, rebuilding process. They get Moncada, who's going to be a, you know, what they feel is a high-end defensive and a, offensive player up the middle. I think they they picture him in second base. He can play second or third. Rick didn't want to go into comparisons, but he, you know, there are some mentions of comparing him to Robinson Cano of his style of play. Michael Kopech is a 100-mile-an-hour guy. I think his hit is as high as 105. You know, you put him at the beginning of the rotation and have Zach Birdie, who they drafted last year, at the back, and you got some, you got some hard, hard fastballs coming at you there. And then, you know, Basabi and Diaz are guys who are more projects. They're Class A guys, so you'll see how they come along. But, you know, I, I'll refer back to 2013 when they, got Jake, when they had the Jake Peavy deal and got, obviously, Al Garcia. Frankie Montes was kind of a same guy, you know, a class A guy that came with it, had a good rep, you know, a hard thrower, ended up making the socks and ended up using him to get Todd Frazier in the trade last year. So, you know, every little piece counts, and it's, you know, it's only just begun, as they say in the song. <laughs> now, I think as, the Carpenters said that. I think the Carpenters did say that. As recently <laughs> as Monday night, it, it seemed like the Nationals might be the destination for Chris Sale. Do we know much about what that package looked like and, or maybe just how things shifted uh, back to Boston? I, I think, you know, the names we heard, uh, Giolito and Robles were the main guys. They were not going to include Trey Turner. I, I, you know, hard for me to blame them on that because what he did in just a short time last year was kind of Mike Trout-like. You know, so I don't think you, even for Chris Sale, I'm not sure if you give him up in part of a package. So I, I think it was something along those lines. And I think once that news came out, maybe, you know, Boston kind of stepped up and increased the offer a little bit more and, you know, made it a little harder for Rick to turn down. And it turns out, you know, they went with the Red Sox package. All right, so what does this mean? Are the floodgates open now? Uh, we, we, we've talked uh, on previous podcasts about uh, some of the possibilities. There's Todd Frazier, uh, David Robertson, uh, Jose Abreu. It, it seems like uh, when you trade your, your best player, and especially when he's under reasonable contractual control for the next three years, it seems like you have no untouchables. Right. We're, we're joking about in the press conference, and I'm not sure if Rick did this inadvertently, but someone asked him, what's the message you give to Sox fans now? How do you sell this to Sox fans? And he said, remember, we still have some good players, you know, who will be in Chicago next year. And he said, Carlos Rodon, Tim Anderson, and then he paused and said, and others. So I was feeling Tim Anderson and Carlos Rodon, they can maybe buy. Everyone else should probably rent because they, everyone else might be on the table to be traded. You know, there's, 
as you said, Quintana, you know, a team like the Nationals and the Astros, who both had interest in sale, I think the Nationals a little more than the Astros, may turn around and say, well, Quintana's an all-star. Quintana's got this great, flawless delivery. Quintana's thrown 200 innings each of the last four years. Why not go after him? You know, and I think the Sox aren't looking to trade him, so they weren't looking to trade sale. But if the deal is, you know, somewhat close to what it was for sale, how can you turn down trading two guys and getting, you know, eight, eight or seven or eight viable prospects? And Frazier makes sense, you know, one year left on his deal before he goes into free agency. Great clubhouse guy, true, one of the, you know, few true pure power hitters, I think, in the game. Um, you know, Adam Eaton, great defensive player, kind of an offensive spark plug, has that kind of gr- gritty grinder attitude. Nate Jones, a controllable late inning guy. David Robertson, two years, $25 million left. Both closer opportunities when really the closer market is what Jensen, um, Chapman, both very high money projected. And then, you know, Wade Davis, if there's a trade, and Greg Holland, who's coming back from injury. So two pretty good alternatives. So basically, to make a long answer short, which is too late now, there's a lot of options for them to really build on this rebuild that's begun today. You see, in the, in the sale trade, there's, there's a balance here, right? I mean, they, they got a, a position player prospect in Mankata. And I'm talking about Mankata and, and Kopech obviously front this deal. Uh, Mankata, of course, uh, on the cusp position player prospect. And then Kopech, a, a high upside pitching prospect. They didn't go all in on, on one, or the other, one element or the other. Um, so it, it seems like you never know what you're going to get with prospects. They are, you know, like people say, they are suspects as well. But um, it, it seems like there is a good balance in, in, in their haul here. The thing with prospects is, you know, you can have, I remember when they traded Fernando Tatis Jr. for James Shields. Everyone said, oh, that's a you know, big win for San Diego because they got Tatis. Well, he was, I think, 17 at the time. He may turn out to be the next Derek Jeter. He may never see the major leagues. You have, you have no idea at that point when you're trading a guy that young. Now, you know, he had a high-end reputation, a, you know, a great talent just like Moncada did. So you're not sure, Ian, but you're right. There is a balance. I think they do have to get a little more pitching back, especially if they trade Quintana. They've got to have guys to kind of fill the innings there. You know, they are playing 162 games next year, even if they are in a rebuild. They can't, they can't just go to 2018 and say, we're good for 17. So they've got to look at that. But, yeah, I think they, they, they really seem to have a good focus and a good plan. And the biggest thing is for a couple years where it just seemed like, I don't want to say nothing but misery, but just kind of organized chaos a little bit. And nothing, not pointing to anyone in general, just how it played out. You know, to go from 23-10 and 10 and a six-game lead last year, then lose 26 your next 36 games. It seemed like there was a lot of, well, we're bad, but we're not that bad. If we go on a 6-0 and run, we can get that second wild card and sneak in. So there wasn't exactly that level of enthusiasm. And I think now there's really a focused excitement throughout the whole organization in the direction they're going. Uh, Merck, you covered Chris Sale from the very beginning I of did. his career, of I course. Have. Uh, you got to know him well. I remember uh, when the whole throwback uh, jersey fiasco went down. You had lunch with him. I think he had the fish tacos, if I remember. He had the uh, he had the fish tacos, and <laughs> I had uh, a chicken sandwich. I think. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, just for, for the listeners, just kind of reflect on on your your experience covering him and watching him ascend to this Cy Young caliber All Star status. You've got to be objective, obviously. That's your job as a reporter. But I think all of us can look back. You know, I've done this for 15 years now, and say okay, here are some of the best guys to cover, and Chris would be on that list, right at the top of that list. He's a great kid. He had great humor. He was ultra-competitive. And, yes, I know there were some situations that Rick Hahn even said today were a little bit uneasy at times, but I think maybe the method wasn't always perfect that he could have changed a little bit, but the message is always right in that he wanted to win. He wanted to be competitive. You know, I, I talked to him a couple times. It's like every spring training after he signed that extension, Someone, you know, Kershaw signed an extension or Scherzer signed for $200 million. And you went in and talked to him and said, does this bother you? He's like, nope, this is, what I'm, this is what I signed up for. I want to be here. 
I want to win with this team. This is the team that gave me the chance. I knew what I was doing when I signed this contract. I'm not going to complain now. And that's 98% of the time of what Chris Sale was about. Chris was a good kid, focused on that team. He was great in the clubhouse. You know, the story I'll give you is Carson Fulmer, one of their, their top pitching prospects, probably just below Kopech now coming in, but was their top pitching prospect, first-round pick. And Chris Sale kind of took him under his wing last spring, last offseason, had him over to the house for dinner, played golf with him, and just kind of you know, showed him the way. And it's what Mark Burley did for Chris and Jake Peavy did for Chris before Chris became the guy. Chris had the longest tenure of anyone on the Sox. Now it's Quintana and Nate Jones from 2012. So I think Chris is going to do great in Boston. I know more than anything else, he wanted to pitch in the playoffs. He would trade any Cy Young contention, any 15-17 win season for a playoff start, and I think he's going to get that with Boston. Yeah, he entered with durability questions and, and, and yeah, questions about his delivery. And even was out of the rotation. I mean, he started as yeah. reliever for the first year and a half, was even out of the rotation briefly in his first year, and now five years later he's a five-time All-Star and arguably you know, one of the most electric pitchers in the game and one of the best stars. I remember his first appearance was in Baltimore, and we joke about this still, where he, I think he walked a guy and gave a bloop single, and Ozzie Gein took him out. And after the game, we talked to him, and Chris just like stared straight at his locker, one or two word answers, and he ended up becoming one of the best quotes, at least in the Sox. I can't speak for everyone in the league, but he was a great quote. He, he really understood the game. All right, that's the latest from Scott Merkin. I want to thank him for joining us, and I have a hunch we'll hear from you again here Could be. this offseason. Yeah. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extra, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.